0: Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. Wisdom and maturity. Last week, we talked about wisdom and trust. I shared the message with our good friend, Dante Calabrese. And this week, I want to move on to wisdom and and maturity. Let me ask you a question. What do you want out of life right now? I don't know if you've thought about this lately, but what are you expecting out of life? What are some of the things that you've been desiring in this season? For those of you in your upper 20s and up, right? I'm getting upper than up. Uh, by every year that goes by. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, are your current aspirations, if you're, if, you're up, if you're beyond your upper 20s, are your current aspirations the same that they were when you were in your 19, 18, 20 years old? Are you, the same, are you thinking the same way you did when you are in high school or college? See, when we look at our younger generation today, we find that wealth fame and image are at the forefront of their aspirations most young of the, the young people most of them that's what they want that's what they aim at and that's because with the advent of technology and the fact that we live in a wealthy society and everything is displayed more easily ex- external aspirations have become much stronger Than in generations past that's not to say that generations past did better than we are doing it just means that with the exposure that this new generation gets to it the external aspirations of wealth fame and image have become highlighted they have been become the main goal of their lives and the problem is that if if your greatest aspiration is external you will sacrifice your internal aspirations for it. You will take your internal aspirations to the, to the altar. And you will sacrifice it so that you can reach the external aspirations. That means that if your internal aspiration is to be a good friend, a person of good character, somebody who works hard, somebody who does the right thing at all times no matter what, and an opportunity to make money, to become popular, comes along, you will be willing to compromise your relationships, your character, and your integrity to reach that aspiration because those things have become that important to you that you will sacrifice the internal for the sake of the external. And this line of thinking has become more and more popular with the new generations that have come along, especially the younger minds today. According to a survey done by the UCLA, 76 of freshman students in college uh, say, say that they are pursuing higher education to make money, to make more money. And I think that's a reflection of an increasingly materialistic society where the value of education, the value of knowledge, the value of growth is becoming quickly diluted to simply a monetary goal. I'm here to learn so I can get money. I'm here to grow in knowledge so I can get money. Now, you may think that financial growth is not wrong. And I agree. Having a financial plan is not a bad thing. Uh, Planning to grow financially, having a, a, a desire even to grow financially is not bad. Working hard toward it, not bad. But for those who look at their life through the lenses of money, and, and make that their singular goal and their highest goal. If to make more money is their highest goal. And because of it, they begin to submit their talents. They begin to submit their experiences. They begin to submit their relationships and their core values to it. To those people, life has not gotten better. And the data shows it. It has not gotten more peaceful. Those who have taken this approach have shown to have an increase in anxiety, depression, and loneliness. It's interesting that we are the most prosperous, the most informed, and the most advanced generation on record. We really are. In many ways, we are living in the best days humanity has ever seen. We live longer than any other modern generation, but we are unhappier. We're more depressed. We're more anxious. What gives? We're more lonely. Why? We're even more suicidal than any other generation on record since we've been gathering data. See, I don't think mat- materialism uh, it, it is the only thing, the singular cause, or any other external aspiration is the singular cause. But I do think that these are symptoms of the cause of a bigger problem. And just as you recognize a physical ailment by its symptoms, you've got to recognize the, the ailment in your soul and by what you're fighting against, the symptoms that show up. And loneliness, greed, envy, depression, suicidal thinking, those are symptoms. And you have to know this today. If you faced any of those, you need to know this. That is not you. That's not who you are. Those are symptoms of a way of life, pressure, surroundings, some, some of, of the approaches that maybe you've taken or you've been led to take. But that's not you. The work of the enemy, the enemy of our souls, is to try to derail your soul from God's purpose. Now, how do we establish a better foundation for our lives in a culture that is increasingly guiding us in the wrong way? A culture that is becoming increasingly materialistic and shallow? A culture that will push you to a lifestyle that perpetuates those symptoms that make your soul sick? The answer is very simple, and we find it throughout the scriptures. We value and we pursue maturity, growth. That's what we do. See, the reason why the preacher in the book of Proverbs is so adamant about having his son cling to wisdom. I explained to you a few weeks ago that the beginning of the book is the counsel from a father and a mother to a son. But it's a picture of all of us. Obviously, the father and the mother represent the voice of God in our lives, and the son is all of us. It's not gender-specific. It's every single one of us being called to a higher life. And so the preacher in the book, the author in the book, in the story... He is adamant about this child clinging to wisdom. Why? Because there are so many other competing voices for your soul in the world. Every single one of us, we have competing things trying to grab our attention. And there are so many external things that easily become louder and invasive each day. See, everyone has a cause for you to join. Everyone has pain for you to share. Everyone has something for you to care about. Something for you to be offended by and disturbed by. And we're bombarded with these things every single day. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we can lose direction. Not because God's calling and the sense of purpose for your life has dwindled or has been uh, diminished not because you lose the awareness of what you were called to do, but simply because these external things become so loud, they drown out the voice of God on the inside. They become more dominant. And the way forward is growth from the inside out, maturity, maturity. Growing in knowledge, growing in insight, growing in understanding, growing in wisdom. Because when you grow in knowledge, when your knowledge grows, your opportunity grows. When insight grows, capacity grows. When you grow in understanding, your ability to comprehend life grows. And when you grow in wisdom... Your capacity for discernment and decision-making, grows. You're able to discern and choose the right path and make the right choice. And that's what we should aspire for. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 9, say this. Let's read together from the screen. Get wisdom, get insight, do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. I love that wisdom takes on a feminine character here. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. He's adamant about it. The beginning of wisdom is what? Get more wisdom. Focus on it. Pursue it. Have it as your goal. Prize her highly. Verse 8 and she will exalt you she will honor you if you embrace her talking about wisdom here she will place on your head a graceful garland she will bestow on you a beautiful crown have you ever someone have you ever seen someone trying to get ahead and trying to pursue gain advantage on you but Not by merit, but by ways other than merit. I don't know if you ever faced that. You know, someone that you might work with or you might interact with, that instead of doing the work and excelling, they're over there flattering the boss. Instead of growing personally, the person is trying to sabotage your performance. Talking behind your back. Trying to get people to see you differently so that they can get ahead. Yeah, I don't know about you, but attitudes like that just, it's a big red flag. It's difficult to trust people who act that way. It's not a sign of good character. When someone try to get, tries to get ahead by any means other than competency, yet it happens. But every time it happens, it doesn't sit well, Right? That's because we know instinctively, and if you face this, you know that the best way to grow, the best and legitimate way to increase in life, is by growing in wisdom. It's by growing in knowledge. See, if you want your life to grow, you got to grow. If you want your relationships to grow, you got to grow. If you want your marriage to grow, you got to grow. If you want your career to grow, you got to grow. That's what this passage is teaching us. Trying to work the system and play the game will not help you in the long haul. You can try to fool the system to get a position. But time will not be your friend. Because at some point, you will have to show that you can do the job. And for you who are single, especially the men playing the game... May get get you a date or two, but you will not get you a wife. It won't get you a wife. At some point, you have to man up and show that you can handle life, not just four hours on a Saturday night. And here's the beauty of this scripture. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how many times you failed, what kind of background you have. This is an equal opportunity invitation. Everyone can grow in wisdom. Everyone can grow in knowledge. Everyone can get wisdom and insight. Everyone. Everyone can increase in wisdom. Everyone can grow up. And there is nothing today keeping you from being wiser, and making better decisions, you are not stuck. So, today I wanna to encourage you with this. Whatever you answered when I asked you about what you want out of life, whatever your answer was years ago, or maybe if it's been the same, I want you to replace that with maturity, with growing. You know what maturity means? It means full growth getting to the full stature of what you're meant to be more than dollar amounts more than status more than position more than house more than cars more than awards more than recognition more than relationship status let me invite you to desire maturity to desire growth i don't know if you have noticed but we live in an age that increasingly idealizes immaturity Immaturity is more and more idealized. And I'm not talking about youth and vigor or even humor. I'm I'm talking about approaching life with carelessness. Approaching life with irresponsibility. And I understand that it's cool to be young. Young people have a lot to offer and they have a lot to... They have a voice, they have a calling, they have talents, they have abilities. But here's the truth. Immaturity may provide you a good time but will not provide you a good life. And so there is a call, a constant call in the Scripture for us to grow, to grow up. And here's here's what we need. No young person should be led to think that the peak of their life is high school. No young person should be led to think that their better years are their college years or their 20s. Man, I've just turned 40 and life has never been better. It's great. And that's how it's meant to be. With every decade, we're supposed to get better and inspire those coming up. To say, hey, there's a brighter future ahead. Life is getting better. God is building you up. You know, maturity is a a worthy goal. Every boy should aspire to become a man. Every girl should aspire to become a woman. And see in us inspiration for that. It should be crystal clear that maturity is better than immaturity. So I want to give you three practical things that will help us all continue on the journey to maturity. Spiritual maturity and growth. The first one is this. Maturity happens in community. We learned this from the scriptures. I don't know if you know this, but the primary goal and the purpose of a church is that we may grow together. It's it's mutual maturity. Some some some. You, you, if you grew up in church, you might have heard something like this: to become Christ-like. Right. But the process of becoming Christ-like is a process of growth, growing into the image of who He is. And the 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 the, the purpose of the church is is that we may do that together. Ephesians chapter four, verses eleven through sixteen say this, and He gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints. Bring the light back, please. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain, thank you, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood. See that word right there? To the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about every wind of doctrine by human human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Now, if you this is this is he's talking about specifically winds of doctrine, right? Which is it's a religious term. But if you didn't grow up. In a church, maybe you're not a religious person. Just think about the winds of doctrine in the world today. Ideas, thoughts that are just taking people's minds everywhere. Everywhere, especially since the pandemic where we've, we've turned so much of our attention from table conversations and, and from talking to friends in person to Googling th- subjects. There's so much of this in the world today. Verse 15, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, that's us, joined together and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So the body builds itself up in love. God calls us to build one another up so that we can grow. So maturity happens in community, and God has equipped us all. He has given all, all of us particular capacities to help each other attain the fullness of Christ. And that is maturity. That's the maturity that we should aim for. The church is a body. Not an institution, not an organization, not a political wing. The church is a body, a community. And God has established a body of people to help one another. Help one another in our hang-ups. Help one another in our struggles. Help one another in the things that, that we're trying to win in life, to lift each other up to untangle one another from the things that bind us, to loose one another from negative mindsets, curses from the past, to encourage one another, to give life to one another, to forgive one another, to live free, so that we can grow and experience this maturity that Paul is writing to this awesome church in Ephesus. See, so you are not supposed to end 2020 the same person you started. God wants you to end better, growing taller, maybe not physically because, you know, we, we most of us have stopped, but growing, developing, becoming who God has called us to be, and that happens in community. Number two, maturity is nurtured by constant practice. You got to stay with it. You got to stay with it. It's 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 constant practice. And for followers of Christ, if you've made a decision to follow Christ, maturity is a prerequisite for you to experience the fullness of life that Christ has called, called you to live. So if you, if you are new to faith, you've got to know that this is a process. You know All the promises of God for your life, mainly your calling, who you're meant to be, is a process of growth. It doesn't happen overnight. We're all in that process, but it happens by constant practice. See, listen to what the writer to Hebrews writes when he talks to followers of Christ who have regressed because they have stopped practicing. They have regressed in their faith journey. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 and 14 is a strong scripture. He says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the work of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have in their powers Of discernment have for those who have their powers of discernment trained by what constant practice to distinguish good from evil the 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 the, the mature have trained their powers of discernment something so needed today by practicing constantly and distinguishing good from evil I love this passage when he says like you should all have been teachers by now. He's basically like, come on, guys. Saying like, you should have known this by now. The early Christians were going back on their old customs. They were going back on their old way of life. They stopped the pursuit that Christ had called them to pursue. Their faith was lackluster. Their commitment was low. They were fading. They were not connecting to God. They were not living in community. They were not showing up to the gatherings and the church. They were just going with the flow of culture. And he's saying, no wonder you're not experiencing the fullness of Christ. You're not engaging in it. You're not practicing it constantly. So let me remind you, constant practice It's a powerful principle that he shares. Those who are mature have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice of distinguishing good from evil. That's important. And number three, maturity moves you to aim high. See, those who are mature, they aim high in life. And we should always look to aim high. One of the hallmarks of a mature person is the humility that they carry without compromising the drive to pursue greatness, the drive to pursue an aim at nobility. Now, what's the highest aim you could possibly have in your conduct, in the kind of person that you want to become? I don't think there's any higher aim than to want to be like Christ. Than to pursue to be like Christ. Than to pursue to become like Jesus. Jesus, he was teaching his disciples and he shared this passage, Matthew 5, verse 47 and 48, and part of his sermon. He was talking about loving one another. And he said, listen, if you greet only your brothers, meaning your friends, the people you love, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same, meaning those who don't follow God, those who are uh, uh, pagans? You must therefore be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And what he's saying is you've got to pray for your enemies. You've got to love those who don't really like you. But then he closes this this counsel this 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 amazing piece of truth with this phrase, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Hey, you got to be perfect just like God. <laughs> All right. All right, Jesus. <laughs> I got to be perfect just like God. But what is what is Jesus doing here? He's giving us a target. He's giving us an aim. Are you going to hit it all the time? You're not going to hit it all the time. But you know what your aim is. It's to be like God. It's perfection. And this word perfection in the original Greek is the same word for for mature. Full growth. You got to aim at growing and becoming who God has called you to be. To become just like God. And that should be our goal, to find maturity. Listen, God wants you to get better and better. And he has given us the ability, not only as a church, but through our relationship with him, to grow and become in in, in our relationship with him. Uh, Scripture says in, in Proverbs, to become brighter and brighter. I think we have that scripture for the screen. that says that the path of the righteous... The, per- the person who chooses to live righteously is like the light of dawn, like a, s- a beautiful sunrise that becomes brighter and brighter until re- it reaches full day. And that's how your life is meant to live. Sometimes we can carry so much stuff. You know, I don't know what your background, background is. I don't know what your life, uh, where you come from and And what's the context of your life? But no doubt that you've had difficulties. No doubt that you've had things that were put on you, not by your own choice. No no doubt that there were things in the context of where you were brought up. It kind of affected you in a negative way. And caused you to to, to dim this light that the scripture is talking about. And to see life differently, maybe from a position of pain or from a position of distrust, from a position of defeat even. But I want to encourage you today that God can turn every one of those situations around. And He can reignite your soul to dream again, to hope again, to see a new future again. And to see this scripture become true in your life. To see the, the light of God rise in the horizon, in, 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 in your hopes, in your dreams, in your plans. You know, If you've come here hopeless, if you've had a, a traumatic event happen in the past few years, know that God can cause the sun to rise again in your life. So that your life can shine brighter and brighter and brighter. And you can have the hope for a new day. Knowing that He is for you. That He is increasing you. And that you can grow again. That you can move forward again. That you can become the person that God has called you to be. That you can become better at home. Better in your relationships. Better in your work. Better in your life on earth. Better influencing others and becoming the light of God in this world world shining bright until it's full day. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.